So what does that mean? That's a big word, communion. What, what does it actually mean? And, and sometimes we can think that it means that it's about the, uh, the little bit of juice and the little piece of bread that we have. And um, that's called snack time back uh, <laughs> over here. But, but for us, that's not what communion, that's not, this is what communion means. I was thinking about what communion means. Communion means having a best friend and, and spending time with that best friend. Now, we all have friends, and, and there's lots of friends that we can have, but you know that best friend that you have, that special friend, that friend that when you see them, you're so happy, you're exceptionally happy to be able to see them. And, and when you've been running around all day and then you come in the house and there's your best friend sitting there, what a smile it puts uh, on your face. And then to be able to sit down and start talking to your best friend and how afterwards your heart just feels so warm, it feels so full, it feels so wonderful. You always feel better after you've spent some time sitting next to and talking with your best friend. Well, guess what? That time that you spent there with your best friend, that's communion. That's talking and sharing and sitting and, and that feeling that you get afterwards of being safe and warm and loved and, and feeling close, that uh, is the feeling that God wants you to have. And he wants you to have it not just with, uh, with your best friend that you, that you have here, but Jesus himself wants to be your, your best friend. And so that is what communion is all about. It's coming in after having been running around all day and then sitting down and as you come in, guess who's sitting here waiting for you? Jesus, your best friend is here and now you get to spend some time with your best friend. You get to talk to your best friend and you get to share some things that are going on. You get to learn about what's going on in your best friend's life and you get to learn more about your best friend. And, and then afterwards, when we leave here, we feel so much better. Our hearts feel full no matter what our day was like before. When you come in, you spend some time with your best friend. You enjoy that time together you leave feeling wonderful you leave feeling better and and so communion is about sitting down with the Lord and then being able to to talk to him now when we talk to God when we talk to Jesus we call that what prayer that's what we call prayer prayer is just talking now to Jesus and so we want to be able to in communion we want to be able to talk to Jesus we want to be able to pray and so pray pray is just communicating with our best friend Jesus Christ and and so prayer there's a lot of different ways to to pray but I wanted to review one way to pray with us uh, tonight and that is an acronym an acronym another big word and uh, an acronym just uh, means you use the letters for the first letter of each word to make a word uh, and that sometimes is a technique that we use to be able to help memorize lists uh, of words and so that's what an acronym is and there's an acronym called ACTS A C T S 
And that acronym stands for four different words, and those are the four different types of um, prayer. And so we're going to go through that tonight, and then we're going to head into an actual time of communion. We're going to pass the elements. We're going to close with, uh, with a worship song, and we're going to leave here with our hearts just feeling full and just feeling wonderful. So let's go ahead and bow our heads and pray, and let's start our night. Father God, you love us. And God, you sent us a best friend so that every single one of us would have that, that special person to be able to confide in, to talk to, to turn to in times of trouble, to be encouraged by and, and supported, that nobody would be friendless. And you sent a friend to every single one of us. And, and God, your desire is, is that we would make your son our best friend not just a friend of friends, but to be our very best friend, our very special friend. And a very special friend that has done for us what no other friend could ever possibly do as well. And so as we come tonight to the communion table, as we come gathered together in our families, God, would you bless our time together? Would you minister to our hearts? Would you fill us to overflowing. We just love you, God. We thank you, and we praise you. It's in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, so ACTS. ACTS is an acronym, A-C-T-S, and so I'm going to give you each of the words. We're going to go through each one of the words, and then as we go through each one of the words, we're going to actually do each one of the words, and so this is going to be an interactive service uh, uh, tonight where you're going to have to do some of the doing here. I'll do some of the talking here as well, and then we're all going to join together uh, at the communion table. So ACTS, the four words. The first word is A, stands for adoration. The second letter is C, and that stands for the word confession. The T stands for thanksgiving. And then the S is another one of these big words. It means supplication. And supplication means just simply to ask for something. So first letter, A, acts. So we see that in the acts model, adoration, adoration, adoration and worship. So when we come in and we've been running around all day, our mind is running in a thousand different directions. We have all of our to-do lists. We have all the busyness that has been going on. And one of the things that God wants us to do is he, he wants us to get our mind off of all of the crazy busyness in our life. And he wants to calm our minds down. He wants to calm our hearts down. He wants us to breathe he wants us to relax. He wants us to let go of the stress that's been going on in our lives. And he wants us uh, to just feel welcome. So how do we do that? We do that by getting our eyes off of everything that they've been on and by turning our faces up and to look up. Because while everything might be crazy, busy going on around here and distracted, it's always calm in heaven. God's face is always smiling. And when we turn and look our faces uh, up to God, we see, we see God's smiling face uh, upon us. And what that does is that gets our mind off of the things that we have been churning with that have been stirring up and have got us going, running around in circles. And it just gives us that chance uh, to be refreshed. And so God knows uh, 
that that will refresh us. And so what does he do? He commands us, he tells us, look, you have to stop and worship me. He doesn't need to be worshiped because it adds anything to him. He wants us to worship him. He commands it so that we can relax, so that we can get our minds off of the things that are stressing us out and that we can come into his holy presence. And, and so he tells us uh, that what we should do is stop and then think of how wonderful God is. And when you start to fill your mind with how wonderful God is, then your heart starts to get full of how wonderful God is. And the more that you start thinking about how wonderful he is, and the fuller your heart starts and just feeling how wonderful God is, then all of the other troubles that you had when you came in start to get smaller and smaller and smaller, and they start to get quieter and quieter and quieter until pretty soon all you're doing is just seeing how amazing is our God. And so when we come in from the world and, and the first thing that he says is, get your eyes up, turn your eyes up, turn your eyes upon me, look full in his wonderful face and the things of the world will grow strangely dim in the light of his glory and grace. And so how do we do that? How, how do we just stop and get our minds onto how wonderful God is. Well, we do it through scripture. And so we've got some different verses I wanted to read to you that help us to be able to adore him, to worship him. And as we do that, then our hearts start to get full as we fill our mind with the wonderful thoughts of how great our God is. So Psalm 95 is a great psalm. And so uh, I'll read it to you in the first seven verses. It says, oh, come, let us sing to the Lord. That's what we did. We sang to the Lord. We opened up uh, our service with some songs and we were singing to the Lord. It says, oh, come, let us sing to the Lord. Let us shout joyfully to the rock of our salvation. So rock of our salvation, say that with me. Rock of our salvation. Now I want you to shout it, ready? Rock of our salvation. Now let's do it joyfully. Rock of our salvation. So this now is shouting joyfully unto the Lord who is the rock of our salvation. Now it says, let us come before with his presence, come before his presence with thanksgiving and let us shout joyfully to him with psalms. Uh, now, normally sometimes people think that in church you're supposed to be quiet. You're in church. But here we see that God says to be anything but in quiet when you come into church, that you are to be able to shout joyfully unto him and shout out songs and shout out phrases and shout out to psalms. It says, for the Lord is the great God and the great King above all gods. In his hand are the deep places of the earth. The heights of the hills are his also. The sea is his, for he made it, and his hands formed the dry land. Oh, come, let us worship and bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord, our maker, for he is our God. 
and we are the people of his pasture and the sheep uh, of his hand. And so a great and psalm of just praise and thanksgiving and adoration to recognize that God, who we're praising, who we're singing, he's the one that created everything. It's so amazing here in the valley to look out into the, uh, the distance and to see the white-capped snow that's on the mountains that are just... He owns all of that. He owns all the snow on the mountains that he owns uh, uh, on top of that. He made all of this, and all of this is his. And so when you stand there and look at the stars in the sky and you look at the mountains and the oceans and the rivers and, and the streams, he made all of that. And he made that for your delight, to be able to place you here so that you could enjoy all that he made. And so we begin by just uh, praising him for his creation and for all that is, and, and we just worship and we bow down. Now in Psalm 29, 2, it says this. It says, give unto the Lord the glory due to his name, and worship the Lord in the beauty of holiness. And so we praise God, we worship him because he's praiseworthy, because he is so wonderful. When you look at his accomplishments, when you look at creation, when you look around, he's worthy to be praised. We're not saying things that aren't true about him. We are saying things that are absolutely true about him. He is awesome. He is wonderful. He is mighty. He is our counselor. He is the King of kings and the Lord of lords. He is the one who created everything that is. And so all of these praises that we have, they're all true things. And so as you start to declare these true things about God, you begin to recognize how marvelous he is, how marvelous is his works, how marvelous is his love, how marvelous is his forgiveness and his grace. And so we worship the Lord, and as we worship the Lord, it takes us out of our troubles, and it lifts us into the future glory that is the promise for each and every one of us as a believer. We're going to spend all eternity with God. And when you recognize how awesome God is, how exciting that is, that we get to spend all eternity with him. And so this acts part, this adoration, just taking time to be able to, to worship him and to tell him how wonderful and how amazing he is. And Jesus talked about the importance of this. And in the Shema, the command the song that they sang every single day the prayer that they prayed every single day that was to love the lord your god with all your heart with all your soul and with all your mind when jesus was asked what's the most important thing that there is to learn some people would say it's your letters the alphabet other people would say it's your numbers you got to be able to count others uh, would give you all different pieces of information but jesus was asked this what's the most important that the thing that there is to learn in the entire world and jesus said that's easy love god with all your heart with all your mind with all your soul with all your strength and that is the most important lesson that a person can learn Keep that always in front of you. That's the single most important thing that there is in your life. You add everything else to that in your life. And if you don't have that and you have everything else in life, you have nothing. You have absolutely nothing. 
Jesus says, what is a prophet of man if you gain the entire world to, and you lose your soul? If you're not connected to God and loving God, if you haven't put that first piece in the right place, then nothing else in your life has anything to hang on. He's the cornerstone of your entire life. And so it doesn't matter how many friends you have on Facebook, your social media hits. It doesn't matter your views. It doesn't matter your popularity. It doesn't matter any of the things that you would accomplish in your entire life. If you didn't put God in the right place, first and foremost in your life, and then build your life around you and God and together, he says, then your life eventually is going to fall apart. Your life is going to eventually fall apart. So we see that we start, we sit down with our best friend Jesus. We first want to just man just recognize how awesome he is how recognize how awesome god is and so what i wanted to do is i wanted each and every one of you in your seat right there privately not out loud but just silently to the lord i want us to take 30 seconds to just tell jesus right now how amazing he is how wonderful he is we just celebrated christmas we just talked about he came down from heaven and then lived here amongst us so that he could rescue each and every one of us and how amazing that is so let's just take 30 seconds to just tell jesus how wonderful he is to ourselves uh, here to us uh, so let's go So thank you, Jesus. We love you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Okay, so now that we have, we have just welcomed uh, God and just told him how amazing he is, we turned our, our minds off of the things of the world and we got our minds heavenwards. And as we come into his presence now, when we come into the holiness of God's presence, when, when we've got the Lord sitting right next to us, and the holiness of the Lord next to us, do you know what instantly we become aware of? How holy he is. How there is no sin. How he is perfection in every single aspect. And the light of his perfection now shows me my imperfections. And suddenly now what I do is I become aware of my sin. I become aware of the things that I haven't been doing lately, the things that have been pleasing God. Maybe I've been talking back to my parents. Maybe I've been resisting the authority of the teachers. Maybe I haven't been uh, being nice to my fellow workers. Maybe I haven't been the best husband or the best wife lately. And, and we all make mistakes. The funny thing is, is that good people bad people let me start with this did you know that bad people sometimes do good things <laughs> and did you know that good people sometimes do bad things you see every single one of us whether we're good or bad we all uh, are going to end up doing some bad things sometimes and uh, and that's part of the sin nature that we have uh, in us but when we do those things that doesn't please god then what we're supposed to do is say we're sorry we're just supposed to say to God, God, I'm sorry. 
I haven't been doing the things that you've wanted me to do. See, God wants us to do those things now that reflect his character. And what happens is, is that he blesses us with his presence. But when we now are disobeying him, then we are going to feel less of the warmth of his presence. And even when we're trying to sit next to him, and even when we're excited to see Jesus and spend time with him, when we've got a bunch of sin that's now blocking, uh, standing in between uh, us, then we need to get that out of the way and we need to get that cleared up. And so when we worship, we come into his presence, but as we come into his presence, we become aware now um, of the things that we need to take ownership of and to be able to say we're sorry. So the second part uh, of the prayer model of, of Acts is confession. Now, in 1 John, Scripture tells us if we confess our sins, that he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Proverbs 28, 13 says this, He who covers his sins will not prosper, but whoever confesses and forsakes them will have mercy. You see, when we do something wrong, we need to, we need to say we're sorry. We need to own up to that. Now, a lot of times we just want to run away from it. We just want to hide from it. Adam and Eve, when they sinned, they wanted to run away from God. And, and we do that today. And so we're, we're not really behaving. We want to worship God and, and we're aware of it. And God says, no, but we got to talk about it. You have to say you're sorry. And you have to say, I'm going to do my best to not do that anymore. That's what confession and repentance uh, is. Confession is saying you're sorry. Repentance says, I get it. That was, not, that was not what you wanted me to do. You do not want me to give dirty looks back to my parents when they ask me to clean my room. <laughs> you don't want me to do that. And, and I've been giving attitude lately. And Lord, I'm sorry. I'm sorry I've been doing that. I'm going to do my best to not respond that way in the future. That's the repentance part. And so every single one of us falls short. God wants us to say we're sorry, not only to God, but also to one another. When we hurt one another, we do something that wasn't nice, we're supposed to go and say we're sorry and we're going to try and not do that ever again. That's true for husbands. To honor your wife and to love your wife is to say you're sorry to ask her to forgive you. It's true for wives to say, I'm sorry. That wasn't a godly response to, uh, to you this morning. And will you forgive me? And there is that humility of not only saying you're sorry to ask for that forgiveness. And then, and then there is the, and I'm going to do my best not to respond that way in, in the future. And, and that's what draws us. That's what removes the sin that separates us uh, and then draws us into a more intimate connection. God wants us to be closer to us uh, than we are. And so acknowledging our sin, I'm sorry. But then also saying that we're going to do our best to not repeat that. We're going to try and grow and continue to, to help work on the things that God is illuminating now. He's going to empower us and equip us to be able to do that. But we see that there is a responsibility that is uh, on our side. James tells us in 5.16, confess your trespasses one to another. That's when we hurt each other. Uh, some sins are just against God. Some sins are against each other. And so when they're against God, we talk to God. 
we're against one another. We tell God we're sorry for the sin here, but then we go and confess it to one another here, and we ask for forgiveness there. He says, confess your sins, your trespasses to one another, and pray for one another that you may be healed. And the effective, fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. Jesus said these words. He says, repent, which means turn away from that behavior he says for the kingdom of heaven is at hand and so we see both confession and repentance are important in our relationship with god so what i want us to do is i want us to take 30 seconds again and i want you to think of all of the things that you've been doing lately even through the holidays that weren't honoring to him what what language did you use that wasn't uh, honoring to him? What way did you treat one another that wasn't honoring? What attitudes did you give to one another when you were frustrated or tired or, uh, or irritable that, that weren't God honoring? In what way did you not reflect uh, the love of Jesus uh, to the people that were around you recently. And, and so we're just going to confess that before the Lord right now, tell him that we're sorry that we, we weren't trying to do that, but that we're going to do better. We're going to work on doing better and ask for that forgiveness. And then we will be able to clear out uh, all of the clutter in our relationship between us and the Lord. So 30 seconds, ready, set, go. So, Father, thank you that we can come bring our sins to you and confess them, God. And, Father, all of us fall short, but we want to take and own our own particular failures, Lord, right now. Lord, forgive us. Thank you for that forgiveness. We're going to do our best now to not repeat them in the future. In Jesus' holy and precious name we pray. Amen. Okay, so we've started by worshiping, getting our eyes off of the things uh, of this world. We came into the holy presence of God, and as we come into the holy presence, we become aware that we're not holy, and so we confess our sins. That removes uh, our sins uh, uh, from us, and now we have a free, open exchange uh, with Jesus, with our best friend who's, uh, who's now sitting right next to us. And, uh, and so the next thing that we want to do is we want to be thankful. The greatest gift that we can receive is the forgiveness of our sins. And that sets us free now of guilt and shame. Uh, and so instantly our hearts are lifted out from that. And so we want to just be able to say and thank you. We want to have a right attitude towards God. And the right attitude towards God is the attitude of thankfulness. And so we see the scriptures tell us that over and over and over and over and over. I think that, that one of the least attractive things that there is is when you see uh, an ungrateful child. 
When you see a child that's been blessed with all kinds of wonderful things and, and they're not grateful for any of the things that they have been blessed with. And I remember one time there was a, a dad and mom and they were taking their kids and they were heading to Magic Mountain and they were all excited to ride the roller coasters with the kids. And, and they turned, they asked the kids, are you excited? And they said, well, as much as we can be, it's not Disneyland. <laughs> And, and, and that is the attitude of not being grateful for where you are going. And so that, that, that inability to be able to recognize how blessed you are, that's something that's not pleasing to God. God's giving you so many wonderful, amazing things. If you've accepted Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, then the first thing that you can thank him for is your salvation, uh, that you are going to spend eternity with him in heaven. So forget about Disneyland, which is the happiest place on earth. This is the happiest place, period, uh, for all eternity, uh, and that uh, is heaven. And so we see in 2 Corinthians 9.15, it says, Thanks be to God for his indescribable gift. Now, if I had time, I'd love to ask each and every one of you what you got for Christmas and what was your favorite gift that you got for Christmas. Uh, and yet, amongst all the gifts that we've got, we've got an indescribable gift. And the indescribable gift that we got is Jesus himself. It is uh, the gift of our Lord and Savior, is the gift of our salvation. And so we see that the Bible tells us to remind ourselves that we've already received the greatest gift that you can ever even receive. We see in Romans 6.23, it explains it this way, for the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus uh, our Lord. And so uh, that uh, is uh, the great gift uh, from God. But it's not just our salvation. I want you to know that your very life itself is a gift from God, that, that he formed you and fashioned you and knitted you together and breathed the, the breath of life into you. And the fact that you are even sitting here tonight, that that is the gift of life that God gave to each and every one of us. In James 1, 17, it says, Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above and comes down from the Father of lights with whom there is no variation or shadow of turning. And so we see that every single gift that you have is a reflection of the goodness of God, and God is the one that blessed you. He blessed you with the family that you have. He blessed you with the parents that you have. He blessed you with every good blessing that you have. Ultimately, the source of every good thing in your life, the ultimate source of that can be traced back to God. He is the source of every good gift uh, in your entire life. And, and Colossians 3.17 says, And whatever you do in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. And so, once again, in every action that we make in our life, ultimately, the fact that we're able to do it, 
the way that we're able to love others, the way that we are able to bless others, serve others, listen to others, help others, every single thing that we're able to do that is a blessing, ultimately, we're to thank God who allowed us to be able to do those things that have helped and blessed to others that are around us. And so whatever you do in word or in deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus. Do it all underneath the banner of love, giving thanks to God the Father through him. And then Ephesians 5.20 tells us to giving thanks always for all things to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. So to thank him for all things and at all times. And so God wants us to be thankful. If you've had a wonderful Christmas and spending time with family and have had wonderful times of fellowship and uh, and eating together and enjoying the present. Have we stopped and thanked God for the wonderful Christmas and that we had, for the family and for all that there is? And, and so in all things, we want to give thanks. And so let's take 30 seconds right now and let's thank God for all of the blessings uh, that we have in our lives. Ready, set, go. So, Father, we just want to give you our thanks for every single blessing that we have in our life. I want to thank you for our families, Lord. I want to thank you for the gift of salvation. I want to thank you for our health and strength. And, Lord, for the friends that you have around us, for the family of God. I want to thank you for the church family that we have. And, uh, Lord, for all of the amazing blessings that you have given to us. So, Lord, thank you, thank you, thank you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Okay, so Acts, A-C-T-S, A, adoration, C, confession. The T stands for? Thanksgiving. And now we come to that last one, the S. That's a big word. That's supplication. But supplication just means to ask for something. And so uh, really, the, it could be A-C-T-A again here if we just call it ask, but then that would ruin the acronym. And, and so that doesn't work. So instead, we use a big word uh, that just means ask, and that is supplication. So First thing we did when we came into the church, when we want to pray, we just want to get our eyes up and get it off of all of the things that are going on around us. That's our adoration. As we do that, we recognize how holy God is and that we've got sin. So he says, okay, just clean it up. Just confess your sins and just ask for forgiveness. And then we're so grateful, we're so thankful. Our sins have been washed away. And when our sins are washed away, it can't help us to start by thanking him for our salvation uh, when the entire gift of salvation was granted to us and the eternal cleansing of our sins took place. And that leads us to thank him for everything else that's, uh, that we have received in our life. And, and that kind of brings us to where we are right now. How are you doing today? 
That's what the Lord wants to know. When, uh, when you've cleaned up the sins of the past uh, and you're now in his presence, he wants to ask you a question. How are you doing? How's your heart doing today? What's going on in your life today? How are you feeling today? Sometimes we're overwhelmed. Sometimes we're scared. There's a lot of, a lot of stress, a lot of pressure. There's a lot of problems that come with life. It's not easy to navigate. It doesn't matter whether you're a big person or whether you're a little person. It doesn't matter whether you're old or whether you are young. Navigating through this life is difficult. It's, it's hard. And some days we can have really bad days. We can have really hard days. Sometimes we know why they're hard. Sometimes we don't even know why they're hard. Sometimes we can feel sad and we don't even know why we're feeling sad. But, but here's the thing is God wants to know how are you feeling today? Jesus wants to know how are you doing? How are you doing? And if there's anything that's bothering you at all, what are the things that are bothering you? Jesus wants to know. He wants you to tell him what's bothering you. What's on your heart today? And man, there's, there's a ton of things that, that can be bothering us today. But how is your heart doing? And, and the Lord doesn't want you to say fine. That's the answer we give people when we don't want to tell them how we're doing, right? How are you doing today? Fine. <laughs> and there's just... There's just nothing. It's just sign, fine means I don't want to talk to you. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not going to tell you how I'm, how I'm really doing. It's just the stock answer uh, that, uh, that, that we give. Jesus doesn't want a stock answer from you. He wants to know the truth. He's the lover of your soul. He's the shepherd over your life. He wants you to get real with him. Are you afraid? Talk to him about what are you afraid of. What are you afraid of? There's a lot of things to be afraid of. This world is a big world. There's a lot of scary things in this world. And so we can pretend that we're not afraid of anything, but I will tell you this, you're still going to be living with the pressure of fear in you, whether you'll talk to the Lord about it or not, until you talk to Him about it. And you let Him minister to you. And you may be carrying around hurts. And you say, fine, but that's not the truth. And so you can push all the hurts down, but the hurt is still going to control your life until you talk about it. And the Lord wants you to be able to have a safe place to talk about what are you hurting about? What are you afraid of? How are you doing today? And some days, you know what? I'm happy today. <laughs> and we can just tell the Lord, I'm happy. And you know what he's going to do? He's going to say, I'm happy for you. Because sometimes we have just those good days. And you know what? We're not afraid. We're feeling strong. We're feeling wonderful. We're feeling loved. We're feeling blessed. And that's a great day. That's wonderful. And, and so when you sit there and he says, how are you doing? You can really say, I'm doing wonderful today. This is a, this is a wonderful day. And he'll say, how come you're feeling wonderful? And then you'll be able to start to tell him why you're feeling wonderful. How a friend called out of the blue that you haven't heard and just said the most encouraging, nice, wonderful things to you today. And that just made your day. It just made you absolutely mm, smile today. And, and there's a thousand different ways and reasons that we can have wonderful days. But, but here's the thing. The Lord wants to know. He really wants to know. He doesn't want the fine answer. He wants to know, how are you doing? How are you doing? And if you're not doing fine, that's what supplication is all about. 
So by you telling him your problems, uh, you're asking the Lord to help you with those problems. Just by identifying them out of your mouth and telling him how you're really doing, the, the Lord is going to start to minister to you and help you in those areas. That's what supplication means. It means learning how to be able to ask for help. Now, somewhere in our country became like the American independent spirit, which means that we don't ask for help. <laughs> We're less than, you know. I mean, it goes all the way back to this thing called maps and asking for directions and... <laughs> I'm not lost. <laughs> I'll drive around till I find something familiar soon. And, you know, it's like we don't ask for help. We don't want to ask for help. We don't want to acknowledge uh, that we are not 100%. But you know what? God already knows. No one is 100%. And so the ability to ask for help, the ability to be able to communicate with the things in, in our lives that we are concerned about. You know, we can be concerned about things that we don't have any control over whatsoever, and, and yet we're concerned for them. Parents, you know what that's like? Your kids get older, you're concerned for them. And so those are the things that can be weighing on your heart. When loved ones aren't doing well in their own lives, that, that's a burden to our soul. It has nothing to do with us, but yet that's a, a burden. And, and the Lord wants us to talk to Him about that. Tell me about that. And how is that going? And how are you coping with, uh, with that? And you see, the way that we cope with it is talk to the Lord about it. If we don't talk to the Lord about it, then we're going to probably fall into some destructive pattern <laughs> to try and cope with the pain that we are feeling in our life. But God doesn't want us to go do those things. He gave us the avenue to be able to come. And he sent us a special friend who will stick closer to us than, than a brother that is always there for us to be able to, to listen, to be able to hear our heart and to hear our lives and then to be able to minister to that. And, and so supplication, 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 not only for our own problems, but also for the problems of others. And we can bring other people's problems to the Lord and ask the Lord to help them with their problems. That's called an intercessor. And so that's a type of a supplication is an intercessor. And so we can bring our best friend's problems to the, uh, to the Lord, our brothers or sisters or our parents or our family's problems or, or anybody's problems. We can bring the nation's problems to the Lord and to praise for them. The Bible tells us God raises up nations and he takes nations and down. And so we can bring our whole nation and go. If we're concerned about our nation, then pray for our nation. Bring it to the Lord and, and tell him, I'm really concerned about our nation, Lord. And, and these are the things that I'm concerned about. And let the Lord minister into our hearts and to our lives. And so that's the last part of, of prayer is that, uh, is that supplication, asking for help on any area either of our life or the lives of the people that are around us or even nations and, and anything else that is concerning to us we can bring it to the Lord and talk to the Lord and let the Lord minister to us in that way and so that is uh, supplication that's the S in Acts so let's take 30 seconds now and let's just go to the Lord and answer this question to him. Hear him ask you this question right now. How are you doing? How is your heart doing? How are you feeling right now in your life? And let's talk to the Lord.
So Lord Jesus, thank you that I can be real with you. That I want the world to think that I'm okay, but God, you know everything that's going on in my heart. You know my insecurities. You know the things that are bothering me, that are weighing on me. And and Lord, I thank you that I can talk to you about them. And God, that you can minister to me. Lord, that you can listen, that you care, that you care for every tear I cry. Your word says that you collect them in a bottle. That's how much you care about me. That's how much you love me. And Lord, that you want to help me. In every area where my heart hurts, you want to step in and minister and help. And Lord, the ability to be able to ask for loved ones and friends and, and others to be able to, to bring them to you and to get help for them from you. Lord, thank you that you are such an amazing resource and that we can come and ask. Your word says that we have not because we ask not. But Lord, tonight, thank you for helping us to learn how to ask. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right, so that's the acts. That's we came in, busyness of our day. We worshiped the Lord, then we confessed our sins, then we thanked him for how amazing he is and forgiving us of all of our sins, and then we were able to come and to bring him the challenges, the problems of our heart, uh, and so he is able to minister to that. And, and so now it's time to come to the communion table, to be able to to fellowship uh, with the Lord at that special place uh, of the communion table. We can pray the Acts prayer and spend time with them anytime, but there is something special about coming together uh, in a corporate body to be able to, to celebrate the communion elements. Now, in a moment, the ushers are going to pass out those uh, elements. Uh, and parents, I'm going to let you make the decision for your children. If your children are saved, then they can uh, enter into the communion. If they haven't accepted the Lord yet, then that's really not for them yet. Uh, and so we can save that for later. You can have conversations with them about what does that actually mean and when they would be ready to be able to receive communion. Union, and so that's going to be something that we're going to uh, let you make the decision for as the trays uh, are going by. Now, communion, what an amazing time to be able to, to come together. What Jesus did on the cross is he demonstrated his love for you and for me. When the young man has a special love for a special woman, he will go and buy a, uh, an engagement ring. And with sweaty palms, he, he will present that to, to a bride, the token of his heart uh, and his desire to make this relationship permanent. And, and she sees that ring and, uh, and she sees the token of his love. It's the expression of uh, his uh, love. And every time she looks at that ring, she thinks of the love that he has uh, for her. Well, Jesus didn't give us a, a ring. He did something even more spectacular. He said, I'm going to lay down my life to rescue you. 
And so the greatest act of love that there is is to sacrifice your life in order to save somebody else's life. And that's exactly what Jesus did. And, and just as every single time you look down at an engagement ring, you recognize the love uh, of uh, that person that gave you that ring, so also every single time we come to the communion table, it is a, a time of remembering how Jesus Christ actually bore our sins upon himself and went to the cross to die in our place and that there's never been a greater demonstration of love in the history of the world. There is no greater demonstration than, than that. And that's how much you're loved. And God wanted you to know that so that you will always feel special that you will know how loved uh, you are and that you are the recipient of the greatest act of love in the history of the world. I'm going to repeat that, that you are the recipient of the greatest act of love that has ever been demonstrated in all of history for you. And that that is what stopping and pausing and coming to that communion table is is to realize when God sent you a, a special friend that he is a savior that he is Lord that that he is a, a counselor that he is a, a friend that he is your God and savior he is Jesus and Christ he is the lion of the tribe of Judah. He is the prince of peace. He is the lamb slain before the foundations uh, of the earth. He is the I am. He is the eternal, everlasting one. This, this is the one that loves you. This is the one that died for you. This is the one that wanted you in a tangible way to know that you are loved. When the world tells you and rejects you and friends reject you and you experience loneliness and God wanted you to know it doesn't matter, I love you. And I have always loved you and I always will love you. And that you will never be alone and that you will never be afraid because you will always have the love of God there wrapped around you, encased in your heart, protecting you, ministering to you, blessing you, overwhelming you with His goodness. Communion is where we're reminded of how much we are loved, how much we are loved. The enemy wants to tell you that you're not loved, that you're not lovable. He wants to point out every single one of your mistakes. And the Lord says, I know, look at all their mistakes. Aren't they wonderful? <laughs> and he loves us anyways. God doesn't love you because you're perfect. You're not perfect. God loves you because you are his. That's why he loves you, because you are his. And communion is that time of just affirming that we are his and that we are loved. And what better way to start the new year, what better way to start the new decade than being reminded that we're loved, that God's crazy about us? <laughs> and he is. And you are. And so, as we come just uh, ready to... Take the elements. Let's just spend a moment of just being in the presence of our Lord. The nails in your hand, the nail in your feet, the 
Baby, tell me how much you love me The thorns on your brow They tell me how You bore so much shame To love me And when the heavens pass away All your scars still remain and forevermore they will say just how much you love me so i want to say forever my love forever my heart forever my life is yours Forever my love, forever my heart, forever my life is yours. And as they were eating, Jesus took bread, blessed and broke it, and gave it to the disciples and said, Take, eat, this is my body. Let's partake of the body of Christ in remembrance of his great love. And then he took the cup and gave thanks and gave it to them saying, drink from it, all of you, for this is my blood of the new covenant, which is shed for many for the remission of sins. But I say to you that I will not drink of this fruit of the vine from now on until that day when I drink it new with you in my Father's kingdom. Let's partake of the cup. And now, having prayed and worshipped and entered into communion, let's now enter back in to a song of worship. And I'll come back up and close. <laughs> 